Okay, we are live. Welcome. This is In Conversations with Hannah. I am Hannah Weisberg. I'm editor of thejewishwoman.org, and I am joined today by two very special people, Mrs. Batsheva Oberlander and Miriam Alexandrov. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, Mrs. Batsheva Oberlander is in Hungary, together with Miriam Alexandrov, who has um, left the Ukraine. She was in Dnipro, and she escaped from from Ukraine, from Dnipro, and she's a refugee in Hungary. Mrs. Oberlander, Batsheva Oberlander, is here to tell us about the refugee work in Hungary, and Miriam is going to be telling us about her escape and how she is managing. So let, let's start with you, Batsheva. Tell us first a little about yourself. You are in Hungary. How did you get to Hungary, and what's the community like there? Okay, we are uh, Shluchim um, for about 32 years. The Lubavitcher Rebbe sent us 32 years ago to Hungary, to Budapest, to start the Jewish community here. And naturally, when we came, it was almost uh, not existent. Baruch Hashem, now we have a very, very nice, uh, vibrant community. And uh, a few weeks ago, we started um, naturally, just like the rest of the world, we started hearing all different uh, news. And uh, in the beginning, we really did not um, think this is going to be a place where people would come. We are pretty far away um, from where the real war is happening. You're in Budapest, right? Yes, we are in Budapest, but Hungary itself is um, like these countries that are much closer, uh, like Romania and Poland and uh, all the other countries, Moldova, that people are going to. Uh, But surely enough, uh, we started getting phone calls. That's how it really started. Just somebody knows somebody that knows somebody and uh, or some people went to the border to see if there's anything to be done. And actually, we started seeing a lot of uh, people coming through. Most of the people in the beginning were just coming through to get on a plane to go to Israel. Uh, so it was just or going through to go to Vienna or to Germany. And uh, so the beginning was really just, you know, let's say giving sandwiches on a, on a bus of orphans that haven't eaten in 24 hours or um, that kind of thing. And then started the the families who were coming because they wanted to go to Israel, but they needed first to have all the papers um, settled out, just like Miriam is now here doing. Uh, now, because of the amount of people that are here, it's taking a few weeks for every person to go through this um, the system. So we had uh, people who didn't have where to sleep, where to eat, so right away, you mean, to go, you mean to go through the system to get to Israel, you're saying? Yes, yes, to go to go to, to make Aliyah, pretty much. You have yeah. to, there's all different uh, paperwork that has to be done. They have to see that you're Jewish. They have to see that you weren't Israeli. I'm not exactly, I don't know exactly sure. all the sure. procedures, but it's taken long. And uh, unfortunately, um, they didn't really make it in a way that it's going fast. It's, it's going pretty slowly. Um, so there's a lot of families who are here really just for one or two weeks, but they need that just, you know, they come out and pretty much some of them, they come straight out of, uh, Ukraine. Some of them were coming out without pretty much anything, uh, just like one suitcase or two suitcases or maybe no suitcases. So in the beginning, it was just like just getting a roof over their heads. So in the beginning, uh, we had a lot of, uh, community members, um, saying, uh, 
you know, we have apartments, we could donate, uh, we could let people sleep there and that's how it started. But slowly but surely we got already uh, people to sponsor hotels where people could sleep. And uh, also we got, uh, we have somebody who sponsors their meals also in restaurants, in the kosher restaurants, so they have where to eat. And then there's the little things, you know, um, you know, I need uh, maybe a doctor, I need, uh, right now I don't have a snowsuit for my child or whatever it is, the little things that really make a difference for a person when they come to a, into a place where they don't have anything. Um, so those are the things we really try to, to help them with. And um, let's say Purim, we all of a sudden, like the day before Purim, we realized, wait a minute, there's there's a lot of people here. We have to do something about it. So like a day before, we got a, uh, you know, decided to make a, an event for them. And Baruch Hashem, I have a daughter who we didn't know why, but we had sent Russia to learn over there in the Jewish school. And uh, so she knew Russian, so um, she helped us <laughs> run the program. And um, and then I have a nephew also here who knows some Russian. So just to make them feel at home and they were really, we advertised one day before the thing, like about a hundred people came. Wow. And um, it was really nice. It was, you know, just also gave them a place to meet, to get together and, to, sure. you know, and I must say that we were, we were so impressed with all of them. They come out really so upbeat and so uh, just happy and happy to be safe. And uh, there's a lot to learn from them because yeah, <laughs> I don't know. For sure. That's for sure. Unbelievable. So, so on a daily basis, you have people coming in, like how many people are there on a regular basis? So uh, we just heard yesterday that uh, there is about a thousand refugees um, in a certain two, two or three hotels. This is besides the hotels that we know. This is additional hotels, and about thirty percent of them are Jewish. Wow! Uh, so this we just got. This is information. Every day things are changing, and every day the information is coming is also different because it's like you know the sochnut. So we're trying to. So the sochnut now asked us to help, and um, and we're bringing down a, a Russian couple who will be able to speak with them and, and work with them and, and do programs for them. We were thinking also to open a class in school for the children who are Russians, even if it's just for one or two weeks, the children are just running around, not really being busy. So let's, sure. let's get them something. And then we have the people who are staying here because they really don't have where else to go. Um, so that's going to be another kind of uh, support for them. And, uh, you know, we're, I, we have some children ready in our kindergarten who are just coming until, you know, they have no idea. They say, we're going to be deciding on a weekly basis. Are we staying here? Aren't we staying here? Uh, this is, you know, they know as much as we know. So this is, there are some people who are not traveling further. They're just like waiting and seeing what is, what is happening. What's happening. I'm sure it's such a big change. I'm sure they, you know, from one day to the next, first they were at home in the Ukraine and all of a sudden they're refugees till they figure out what they want to do. So exactly. most people you would say, say like a couple of weeks and, and a lot of them make Aliyah to Israel. Yes, yes. Israel. A lot of people come through here to make Aliyah. Right. Um, I guess, you know, every person, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a network of, you know, people saying what, what is the fastest way, which is the fastest country. And I know that Poland is overwhelmed already. 
that's what at least I, I hear, I read. So it's, um, you know, I guess they're trying to find places where it's not so full. And uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, we, we hope, um, I know there was somebody who was uh, an elderly couple that came and uh, I, got a, I got a phone call, can you please try to help get some connections and Baruch Hashem in one day, I don't know if it was my connections, but in one day they were able to process them um, because they were elderly and they were just scared of being by themselves here. So, you know, it's just the little things, the little, the little support or we ha- I had some uh, mother call me from Israel whose family is here, and she's like, could you please just go and send him Shalach Manis? This was Purim at 8 p.m. I'm wow. <laughs> like, okay. So I, I just gathered something, and I sent it to them, and they were happy, and the mother was happy. It just makes them feel a little bit like somebody, you know, cares for them. About them. Sure, <laughs> there's strangers in this land that they don't know, just someone's giving them a warm welcome. So exactly. is there like a central place where they call in when they move, when they come there? And there's a few. There's a few right now because it's really not organized yet as much. So there's quite a few shlokim here, Baruch Hashem, that are helping. Um, so whoever they get in touch with, everybody's trying, you know, everybody tries to help in their way. And you and just, then we, and, you, and you try to set them up with a place to stay and you, and, and exactly. food I guess it's a huge operation. Food exactly. and places where to stay, even for just right. two weeks. Wow. Right. Baruch Hashem. We had one hotel um that the owner is jewish so he's like he's like he just opened up the hotel for the refugees which is really very very nice um so this is what it is just one one person who decides uh somebody decided he's gonna cover the kosher meals whoever needs kosher meals so he put down his credit card he says okay this is covered so this is this is how right now it's really in the beginning stages we don't know if this is gonna we don't know if in a week it's not gonna be here anymore we have no idea but because of because of the trend now, because we see that it's not really ending in one or two days, so we're gonna be setting up something more, um, more uh, steady, more stable, and also maybe bring down besides a couple some some boys who will work with the people also and just be in touch and just even just to help for everyday day to day things. I just you know I just get the phone calls because somebody knows somebody, so they they call me or things like that. Wow. Wow. So it's really just like day to day. How, how far away is it from the Ukraine to come to, to, to Budapest? So uh, we have Ushgorod, which is a city uh, right like Budapest to the border is about uh, three hours. That's, yeah. a, that's how long it took, right? About three hours and right over the border. And that's the border with Ukraine from Budapest. But like Hungary touches Ukraine. So right. Um, Right uh, over the over the border is um, is one city which is called Bushgarod, uh, and over there there's also like a Jewish uh, there's a shliach Vilem, and there's a lot of people that are going to him because it's a very quiet place right now in the war. Mm-hmm. So uh, and we're also helping, we're trying to help him because all of a sudden he needs a lot of more food and a lot of more supplies. So my husband and other shluchim were also in touch with him, and we got a lot of food over to him. And we now we're getting on a uh, three um, three times a week. We are um, we're sending their trucks of food of from food. Hungary, uh, so he could uh, even just fresh bread things like that. Like this, 
he because his operation was much smaller before the war and all of a sudden now he has a lot of much bigger operation sure so he he came back his wife is not there so he's there and he uh, they were there also and um, they were helping out and uh, and now they came over and and just people are just keep on coming because as the war moves people are moving more and more and unfortunately there's a lot of people who cannot leave the country because they are Ukrainians so they are stuck in Ukraine so a lot of them are moving to places which are quieter and that's yes that's one of the areas one of the areas wow so Miriam tell us a little about your what happened with you your escape when did you come when did you come to Budapest what was it like tell us a little about your story אני רק יכולה לדבר בעברית, לא באנגלית. יש לנו כל כך קהילה גדולה עם רב שמואל קמינצקי. ושם אני עבדתי בבית ספר של יהודי וכבר עכשיו גם כי יש לנו בזום כל השיעורים ואת הכל ולא משנה מה יש קורונה או מלחמה אנחנו עובדים ואנחנו עושים לילדים שלנו הכל מה שיכול להיות שהם מרגישים טוב They were working in the school and now again they're, they're continuing on zoom and they're giving to the children they're continuing to teach the children on zoom so this is yeah. this, this sorry just to clarify this was in Dnepro this was the school was in yes Dnepro, and the there's a lot of, yes when are, they had to, are the children together now like I mean their children must be in the places יש בגרמניה, יש בישראל כל כך הרבה ילדים, יש ילדים שבאושגרות או אולי עירות שליד. עכשיו כל הילדים בכל העולם. Right now the children are spread all over the world, there is in Germany, there is in Israel, there is in אושגרות, אונגרד, and maybe the cities around it, this is like the quieter area. And, uh, and they are all over, and she just teaches them by Zoom. So I mean, are most of the children at- attending on Zoom are from wherever they are? I mean, I guess this is their only form of stability in their lives right now. So are most from wherever they are joining? Right. Have been made in the Zoom? Come on, come on. Not all of them, but they can be able to 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 be So all the children who have any possibility to have internet and I guess computers and, and uh, connections, they are there. It's not, it's not as much as, as it was, but yes, whoever sure. can joins. So Miriam, tell us a little about when you got to Budapest. I understand you just got there pretty recently. And what was that like? I got to Budapest. שתי ימים לפני, כן? כן, ביום ראשון. ביום ראשון. בדנפר כבר עכשיו, נו, והיה שקט, אבל היה אזעקות. אזעקות שאנחנו, 
והילדים שלי הם שומעים את כל האזעקות וזה היה כל כך לא טוב והם מרגישים לא טוב ומפחדים כל הזמן והבת שלי אמרה שאוי האזעקה אנחנו צריכים לרוץ ומה יהיה ויהיה את הבית שלנו בטח בדניפר זה לא כמו בחרקף או במריאופל שם יותר טוב וכל הבניינים עובדים והכל בסדר וכל כך שקט מכל אוקראינה יש מקומות יותר קשות ויותר חמות, אבל שם גם מרגיש שאתה לא ב... She said it's not as bad as other places like Kharkov and old Mariupol where, where there's real, you know, really bombs uh, falling. Uh, but it's very, it's not a secure feeling over there. And uh, that's what they decided to leave. And I'm afraid that it could be like in Kharkov or Mariupol, that there will not be food, there will not be water, and it could be like that you can't get out. And we're talking about my family that we need to get out. שאם יהיה כמו במקומות אחרות שאנחנו יכולים עכשיו לצאת אז נוסעים בזה. So they decided that instead of waiting until um, there won't be any water or any food or there won't be the possibility to leave. במריפול עכשיו ככה. Now in Mariupol and that's the situation and instead of waiting until you, they couldn't leave let's say from Kharkov in all different places they already couldn't leave at a certain point. They decided that with her husband that we should leave, they should leave if, when if there's a possibility to leave instead of waiting. And בסדר, יש פה, אני פה, והרב שלנו, הרב קנייסקי, הוא בבדנפר, ויש משפחות שלא יוצאים, ויש משפחות ש... שצריכים לקום וללכת. So there's some families, um, they start evacuation, and uh, whoever wants to leave, uh, so there's a possibility to leave by train, by bus, by car, whoever wants to stay, there is also a possibility for them to stay, or Kamineski is still there, and he helps everyone in their... whichever way they want to. So Rav Kamenetsky, the Lubavitcher Shliach in Dnepro is still there and he's helping people who want to leave, either to leave or to stay. How many people, sorry? Sure, sure. Did most of the people leave? Are most of the children and the women, have they left? Yeah, she thinks most of the community left. I guess a lot of the men had to stay though and a lot of the ויש את המשפחות שאישה וילדים כבר יוצאים They're still there. So Rabbi Kamenetsky is staying to help those people, I guess. Wow. Okay. And what was it like to leave? Like, what was the journey out? How long did that take? Was it scary? Okay. 
כמו ב, ב, במלחמה, כי אנחנו כל 24 ש, שעות, אנחנו כבר יושבים, ו, והיה את האנשים על האצבע, על הדלתות של רכבת, עם ילדים, עם... עם הכל, ואנחנו לא יכולים לקחת כל כך הרבה מיני דברים, אנחנו יכולים לקחת רק מזוודה אחת, ואני ושתי ילדים ובעלי שלי, אנחנו קח את המזוודה אחת קטנה וזהו, וכל החיים שלנו זה שם, וכל החיים שלנו בדנבר, כל הדברים, wow. כל ה... Mm-hmm. הכל. But Shabba, translate please. Yeah, so, they, um, so they went on a, on a train, she said it was like 70... You know, like going back in time, 70 years, the trains were packed, people were sitting on your hands, on your feet, on the doors they were hanging, and uh, it's her and her husband and the, and, the, and the children, and they were able to only to bring one suitcase. Like her whole life right now is in one suitcase. Everything else is in the Nefer. And um, this is how they came. The, how, how do you feel? How do you feel right now? Like with... <laughs> She's crying. <laughs> Wow. How long were you in Dnipro? Wow. And what, how many children do you have, if I may ask? Two children she has, and she came out with her mother who, and her sister. Mother and sister. They left March 2nd, then they came to Ushgorod, and then her mother fell and needed an operation. So now she, they had just had the operation, and that's how they were able to continue their trip, and now her mother has to restart uh, to learn how to walk. To learn how to walk. Where, where was the operation again? In, in Ushgarod, in uh, right o- over the border. Over the border. Wow. וממש קהילה שלנו בדנפר היא נותנים לנו כל הכסף בשביל הניתוח כאלה, זה דבר ראשון, דבר שני, הקהילה של אוזגורד נותנים לנו כל הזמן כאלה את האוכל, את המקום
shliat that's going to help you and it's going to take care of you. And so also the packages that were coming from the best. So like everybody, everybody's helping everybody pretty much. Wow. וזה ממש כמו נס, כי מתי שאת מתחילה את הדרך, אתה מפחדת מה יהיה. כי כולם יוצאים למקום אחר ולא יודעים מה יהיה, ולא יודעים מתי אנחנו חוזרים. החלום שלי עכשיו, והחלום של כל האנשים ש, שיוצאים, שיהיה את השלום באוקראינה, ושאנחנו יכולים כולם לחזור הביתה. לחזור לחיים שלנו ברגיל. וזה... So she said it's really a miracle and what she prays for is, uh, is for peace and that she, they should be able to go back to their regular life and to her house and to just that's what she dreams every night. Right. It's she says when they went out it's it's very hard because you don't know where you're going you don't know what you're gonna do and Hashem, every step of the way she, she had somebody helping her but for people it's really hard because it's really like a war which they have to just pack up and go and um <clears throat> so go. did you know did you know when you were leaving that you would end up in budapest <coughs> or you just got <laughs> decided along the way so they, they knew they were coming to Budapest. <coughs> they knew they were coming to Budapest, but they didn't know they were going to stay here for a few weeks because they didn't know they were going to make the Aliyah uh, work here. But right now, this is what ended up happening. Wow, so you're planning on... She would like to thank the community here for everything that they're giving her and whatever they need. And you, Batsheva, for everything that you're doing. <laughs> no, that I didn't transfer. <laughs> Wow, unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't think any of us could really fathom what it's like to take a suitcase and just leave and flee for your life and just leave with the you know your children, yes. your family, whoever you whoever you are you love. I think that's one of the up, upmost thoughts in our heads. It's like uh, I have a few friends, a few shluchas that had to leave their cities. And uh, I was just right saying yesterday, like, what would I take if I would have to leave? Um, like it's it's like I, I don't know what it's like something from you know what you hear from your grandparents what they did and you know you never think that it's really going to happen and and uh, it's happening just a few kilometers from here it's really mind-boggling mind-boggling wow wow so do you have any like you're planning now to move to, to make Aliyah to Israel do you have relatives there do you know people there yeah. 
כן, כן. אנחנו, אנחנו רוצים לעשות עלייה לזיל כי יש לנו בני משפחה, יש שם את הסבתא וסבא והאחות של אימא שלי והבעלי שלי מוגר בישראל ואנחנו ממש רוצים לעשות עלייה, דבר ראשון שזה המדינה שלנו ויש שם בני משפחה שלנו, וכבר אני יודעת קצת עברית, ו... <laughs> ודבר השני, שלאימא שלי עכשיו צריך עזרה מהרופאים, זה גם ממש חשוב בשבילנו, ותודה לשם שהיא יכולה ללכת, ושככה זה הכל כמו נס בחודש אדר. Yes, so she wants to go to Israel because she has relatives there, she has um, an aunt and, uh, and brother, uh... her husband's brothers and uh, different family and that's why she, uh, they want to go there and also because it's it's our land and she knows Hebrew already and also now she, they can get the medical care for her mother which she needs wow so how she, is how is your mother reacting to all this <laughs> כי הוא לא יכול לצאת, הוא 58 אחרי 60. והיא אמרה שהיא עשה את זה רק בשביל הילדים שלנו, שלי והאחות שלי, כי היא ממש אוהבת אתכם. ודבר השני שהיא רוצה להיות ביחד בשבילנו אבל היא מרגישה לא טוב והיא לא רוצה, אף אחד לא, לא רוצה לקחת ו, ולצאת מהבית שלה, אף אחד והיא גם. So her father is still there because he's 58 and her mother is, uh, came out because she wants to be with the family, with the children but it's very hard for her also because nobody wants to leave their own house that she has not, not good feelings in her. It must be oh. such a struggle to leave everything to leave and to leave your husband. On the other hand, it's so unsafe there. It's right. such a, 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 a horrible decision to have to be making. Wow. Yeah. How, how are your children taking it? My children are very So her children are pretty small and they don't really understand, but her three-year-old daughter keeps on saying, I want to go home, I want to go home. Wow. When are we going back? <laughs> Miriam, how are you as, as a mother, as a daughter, as a wife? How are you coping? How do you wake up in the morning? How are you managing to put one foot in front of the other? How, how are you managing to keep your emunah, your faith? How, how is that possible in such a situation? <laughs> so she wakes up in the morning, says Madeani, and is happy that she's in a safe place where there's no sirens and, and she's happy she's in <laughs> So since the war started, uh, the meaning of Madeani, uh, the morning prayers is 
became much much more meaningful to her every every time she says it she she understands what it is to have a new day the איך אני קמה? אני קמה ואני אמרת בשבילי שאני צריכה להיות חזקה כי אם לא אני להיות חזקה מי, מי נותנת את הכוח בשביל הילדים שלי, בשביל אמא שלי ומי אני? אז מי? She says she has to be strong because if not her then who else will be strong for her children or for her mother if she's not strong then, then nobody else will Wow, wow, we We salute you and we give you a lot of courage for what for your what you're going through and how you're dealing with it amazing are you able to be in touch with your father in Dnepro are you communicating with him מה יהיה אנחנו לא יודעים, אנחנו כולם מתפללים שיהיה הכל בסדר ויהיה את המקום לאן אנחנו יכולים לחזור. So she, her father says not quiet in the Nefer, but in the cities next to the Nefer they hear, I guess, bombs, and they really are praying that it should be okay and they should have a place where to go back to. Wow. Is there enough food there in Dnepro? Is there any, any need? Yes, yes. עכשיווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
לאנשים, לא רק בקהילה שלנו, אבל בקהילה שלנו בקשר תמיד. Yes, she says that also when people go out, already there has formed small kehillas of, let's say, the people of the Nyeper in Israel. So she says the Shluch of the Shoshi Weber uh, gets all the people of the Nyeper, of the kehillah together, and they celebrate it for it. Like each kehillah is still taking care of their people. I hear also from other Shluchas, wherever the people go, um, if it's a group of people, then somebody is there with them. or they just by phone, they are taking care of them. I know um, some shluchas that even went to Miami uh, and she's still in touch with the community and still trying to get people out and still taking care of them when they come out. Just like Shoshi Weber, she was the one that called me about her. She's like, okay, I have a friend that's coming. Could you help us? So like they really, really, each person that is part of the community, they're taking care of till the end. They're really, really uh, in touch with them and helping them. It's not like if they left, It's like, okay, take care of yourself. No, the, the, the shluchim are following every person where they're going and helping them. Uh, and that I know also, not just from her, from other people. It doesn't matter if it's a religious family or not religious family, they're taking care of everybody. Whoever was part of the community still stays part of the community and they're continuing to take care of them. So you mean shluchos that are... all over the world who are refugees themselves running away from the exactly. Ukraine and exactly. dealing with the trauma of their own children and their own families and perhaps as refugees somewhere else are still working. Are still sure in touch that, with people, still making sure that everybody's okay and helping everybody in this crazy times, which is, means, you know, if it's getting a bus out of, I don't know which city, uh, they are doing that. I even know that uh, children of uh, the Shluchim <clears throat> from uh, from Ukraine or Russian-speaking, any Russian-speaking shliach were on the phone from New York trying to help people evacuate uh, from Ukraine. And it was really nice to hear how they, they were they were helping, even the children of the shluchim are helping the people. So it's... You mean the children of shluchim from Ukraine who are in New York, I, who are learning there or whatever, that our older children are trying to help them, people from exactly. all over the world. Wow, it's an, it's an overwhelming situation. It's incredible what is going on, and it's incredible to see the human spirit and the, the goodness that is coming out from so many people and trying to do whatever we can to help the situation. Yes. Uh, I know Chabad.org has a Ukraine relief fund. If anyone would like to donate, Chabad.org forward slash Ukraine in order to donate, to donate to the needs because the needs seem to be overwhelming from all sides. And growing every day. It's not like, yeah. it's getting, like in the beginning people get excited, like, oh, we're going to donate. And then people say, oh, okay, you know, no, it's getting more and more. Like, um, you know, if it's more and more people coming out, uh, just, it just, the, 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 it's unbelievable the, the amount and how much each thing, you know, each person helps and each, each thing is, is really helpful. ומה שאני רוצה עוד להגיד שבדניאפר עכשיו יש כל כך הרבה משפחות שיוצאים אבל דניאפר עכשיו זה מרכז שממנימופול ומחרקב האנשים מקהילות כאלה הם מגיעים בדניאפר ושם נותנים להם את העזרה גם מקומות שהם יכולים שם לישון בבית ספר בכל מיני מקומות ומוסדות של, של קהילה הקהילה שלנו זה גם קהילה שנותנת עזרה לאנשים ממקומות ממש ממש כמו... שם, שם מלחמה 
בכל כוח מה שיכול להיות, במריאופל ובחרקב אין עירות כאלה, זהו, שם ככה. taking care of them and giving them a place to sleep and eat and all those different things. Wow. Wow. Incredible. What an incredible situation. Uh, just, uh, just horrific. And it's just incredible how people who are dealing with all the trauma are themselves being so much integral and part of the help and then part of the relief. Wow. Yes. Um, okay, we're, we're just, we're going to have to wrap up here. I'm again joined with Miriam Alexandrov, who just escaped as a refugee from Dnepro and is in Budapest right now under the care of Mrs. Bacheva Oberlander, who is helping with the relief of all the refugees who have come to Hungary. Any last words that you'd like people to know or the world to know? Any last parting words that you'd like to share with us? I think it's just, um, I think we just have to be thankful every day for everything we have. I think people get very comfortable with what you have and take everything for granted. I think this was a wake up call for everybody to just, every morning, as she said, say, Mother Annie, thank for whatever you have. And uh, if it's your safety, if it's your life and everything else is just extra. You just, you have to be happy with that. Wow. Really puts perspective on it. Miriam, any last parting words that you'd like to say? I want to say thank you to God and to our Lord that we can go out and take this strong hand. We are waiting for the conflict and everything will be like a regular. So she would like to thank uh, Hashem and the Rebbe for... Um, for everything, for helping them go out and getting all the help in all the places. And she's just davening that war should finish and everything should be good again. Amen. May we finally have the time of Mashiach where all the wars will finally end for once and for all. children It's, it's unreal, and may we just see the end of this and um, unite with one another in peace. It's beautiful to see throughout this, the trauma and this horrific situation how many good people there are out there who are still maintaining their faith and maintaining their goodness and trying to help others despite what they themselves are suffering. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.